0: Let's face it, everybody has the same car. I yeah. mean, every dealership has the same car, so, I mean, what my car is not different than your car, and blue is the same blue color. So what's going to separate you from the pack is uh, a real person, somebody yeah. that, you know, uh, they can relate to, and, and, you know, somebody that cares. <laughs> now, 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 your weekly dose of inspiration.
1: inspiration. Perspiration. 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 And just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> The Getcha Some Radio Show with your host, the Vice President of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. In 1973, 1973, Drew Gerard sold 1,425 cars. 1,425 cars set the world record, the Guinness Book of World Record for the most cars sold in a year. That record stood for 44 years. Until 2017, when today's guest on the Get You Some radio show shattered that record. My guest today is Ali Rita from Les Stafford Chevrolet in Dearborn, Michigan. Ali sold uh, 1,582 cars last year, regularly sells over 100 cars a month. He's the co-writer of the book, the co-author of the book, How to Sell 100 Cars a Month. He doesn't work weekend, and he doesn't take lot-ups. We're gonna be back to talk with Ali Rita about how he does that right after this.
0: Make more friends, sell more cars. 97% of car shoppers say they would prefer to know their salesperson before they ever set foot in the dealership. People buy from people they know, like and trust, and they refer their family and friends to people they know, like and trust. Visit TerryLancaster.org to learn how your sales staff can get more reviews, more referrals, and more repeat business by building better, stronger, more authentic relationships online and in real life. TerryLancaster.org.
1: Ali Rita, how you doing, brother? Good. How are you doing, uh, man? I am fantastic. I'm so I'm so excited to have have you on the show. You you are the toast of the town, brother. Everybody wanted yeah. to talk to you when this, when this came about.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a lot of fun, man. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I appreciate you having me on.
1: Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to do it. And like I said, when, when you, you kind of blew up six months ago when all this started, when, when, you, when you first broke the record. And I watched you on, uh, on the Fox Network, on Varney and Friends, and Stuart Varney had you on the show, and he, he didn't know nothing about nothing. And Stuart starts talking to you, and I can tell right away he's expecting – he's expecting a guy who can sell ice water to Eskimos. He's expecting the big stereotypical of a car guy to come out and pound on his chest and try to sell him a car and, and just go nuts. You know, being, being he's you're the, you're the best car salesman in the world. You gotta be, you know, all that. And oh, when you yeah. weren't that he was, he was shattered. I mean, he, I could tell his feelings were hurt.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, that was interesting, man. That was a really interesting one because you know uh, what most people don't realize is I couldn't see him. Yeah. And I couldn't see what was going on there, so I was stuck in a room with a camera on my face and uh, pretty much didn't know what the questions were going to be or, or what was going on, so I kind of, you know, they just throw you out there and, and you're such you at such a disadvantage, but you know, I, I think they expected that, you know, I think they expect me to come out and, and, and jump on the desk and, and say, hey, I'll do anything for a car sale, you know, hey, right. I'll do anything, I'll, you know, eat a spider or something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they expected that, and you know that's the perception that everybody has, right? Everybody right. has the perception of that plaid suit, uh, old used car salesman that they that they had in the '70s. And you know, um, you know, when I I kind of stuck my guns and just told them, "Hey, man, this is about relationships. This is about people. This is about you know being advisors." And they didn't really know how to react to that, and they were kind of kept kept pressuring me to throw my guns in. But I was like, you know, that this is real. This is what it's about, and. You know, I think a lot of people kind of saw that and, and, and took that away from it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think that's what it was. You were, you were trying to convince him that I can't sell you a car because, you know, I don't know what you need. And, you know, and I'm not going to sell you something you, you, you don't need because right. that's how you work. You work for relationships when the book came in the mail. When I, when I got the book in I looked at it and I go you know this is, this is a kind of you know, it's, it's a tiny book it's like four square inches about about right. 60 pages and I'm going through it and I'm looking for it I said you know what there's going to be a lot of people that this isn't the book they expect they're expecting because they're expecting the magic button but this book is the perfect book because it is absolutely simple because it talks about how simple what you do is but simple ain't easy
0: <laughs> yeah and, and, and that's what I wanted to bring across you know I, I wanted it to be a simple an uh, uh, easy read. And I wanted to get word, catchy words away from it. You know, a lot of people will say, well, you know what the secret is and you know what this is and this is how you should do it. And there is no secret words or handshake or, you know, what you look like or what you sound like. I mean, none of that uh, plays a role. It's, it's all about being you, being yourself yeah. and, you know, being who you are at your best is, is really what it's about. And more so about being in the people business than the car business, you know, right once you understand people's, you know, needs and wants and are sincere about it, um, the rest of it is pretty easy. I mean, let's face it. Everybody has the same car. I mean, yeah. every dealership has the same car. So, I mean, what my car is not different than your car and blue is the same blue color. So what's going to separate you from the pack is, uh, a real person, somebody, okay. you know, uh, they can relate to. And, and, you know, somebody that cares, I mean, I, I generally care about clients and I care about their well being and I care about what they're purchasing today. And I care what's going to happen in a year from now or two years from now by me putting them in that vehicle, because at the end of the day, it doesn't benefit me to put them in a payment they can't afford a car that doesn't work for their family or any of that, because I could do it. But, you know, eventually you'll burn your bridges with, with everybody. And, and that's how people get burned out of the business.
1: Yeah. Because when you run out of people to tick off, it's, it's, I guess it's time to find a new line of work.
0: Yeah. And that's what happens. So all of a sudden you say, well, I got to leave this dealership. I got to go to the other dealership. Nobody there knows me. And then you burn your bridges there. And, you know, this is not a, this is not an overnight job. It's not yeah. a one-night stand. This is, this is now a career. And a lot of people need to understand that what goes into it, um, you know, the hard work and dedication and hours and sacrifices. I mean, you know, if you take care of people and you look at it as an advisor role rather than a salesman, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, you'll start seeing that reciprocation back. You know, it's, it's actually so much easier. And You know, my job is probably easier than 90 percent of salespeople out there.
1: Well, your job is easier. I've talked about this with some folks before that your job is easier because you deal 100% with the repeats and referrals. People who are coming in looking to talk to you. Why is it so much easier to talk to repeat and referral business?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm 100% repeat and referral. I mean, it's, it's gotten to the point where, it, you know, it, it's, and I like to say it's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's who knows you. So if, if they know who I am and they come in to see me, then there's no objections. There's no, you know, me selling them on liking me, loving me, trusting me. And then maybe there's a 20% chance they'll buy from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we completely have flipped that role. So now they come in with no defense mechanism. Now they come in relaxed and they can be, you know, honest and truthful from the beginning. And I'm extremely transparent with them. You know, um, my whole mindset is I'm there to help them not sell them anything and if I can't help them with with their automotive needs then I'll guide them to where they can get it um but it 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 is easier because I don't have the objections you know a lot of people say well how do you how do you challenge objection of a trade-in or you know of a of a credit score well I'm just transparent hey Mm -hmm. this is what your trade is worth and and this is what your credit allows us to do and for the most part people are going to understand that and they'll relate to that and they trust me now you know, yeah, and I, I give them every right to.
1: And how how does that relate to time? From a time perspective, because you know oh. a lot of people are spending two or three hours working a deal because they got to go back and forth with the numbers, and since nobody believes anything anybody's saying, it takes you know it takes a while to convince people yeah, that what you gotta, you're saying is
0: what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you got to build that rapport. I mean, that rapport can take an hour just to build a rapport, and, and an hour figuring out what they want, and an hour to get the car cleaned up. That's actually what most people don't understand is is they tell me, well, how do you have enough time? How do you have enough time in, in a day to process all these sales? And when you're dealing with relationship-based customers only, um, the sales actually maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes max yeah. um, from the time they walk into the time they're driving the car. And, you know, it, 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 it does go down the process. You know, my process is very fast. It's very efficient, uh, but it's not rushed. We don't rush anybody. The person in front of me gets my full attention. Uh, but when you're dealing with relationships, it's like selling to your mother. You know, Mm -hmm. when your mother comes in, I mean, she's not going to drill you on any interest rates or payments or trade in value or any of that stuff. She's just going to fully trust what you say. And when you get to that level, when you start practicing only selling to people that know you, I'm going to use probably 85 to 90% of the decisions are actually made by me. Right. Right. 10% could be color or, you know, um, certain things that they need, but 80 to 90 percent of the decisions are made by me because they're asking me, what do I think? And, and I would advise them on what I think. And, you know, 80, 90 percent times, that's what we're going with. Now um, you- so, yeah, time wise, there is no two, three hour stuff.
1: <laughs> so you you talked about uh, you talked about it being being efficient and being fast but that everyone gets your presence you when you're there you're 100% focused on them and you talked a lot in the book about the value of presence both when you're actually physically in a room across a desk talking from someone to one but in your advertising and your marketing the role that your actual presence plays in in establishing those relationships before people come in to buy.
0: Oh, that's uh, so huge because a lot of times what happens is, is, is we have distractions, right? And every salesperson out there understands there's so many distractions going on. I mean, there's there's people walking by, there's customers on the showroom floor, there's a car horn going off over here, there's people yeah. moving cars over here, your phone is ringing on this side, and your phone's ringing on that side. And when you show those distractions to a customer, the person sitting in front of you, they don't feel as important anymore. They don't feel like they're getting your full attention. So if they can't get my full attention, how could I advise them on what's best for them? So when I have somebody sitting in front of me, I mean, I am so focused on them. It doesn't matter what's going on. Sometimes they'll move a car in front of my office and I will not even notice it for an hour that they moved it. (laughs)
1: Because
0: it is funny. And I'm like, where did the other car go? They're like, oh, they just moved it. But I'm laser focused on that customer and they feel it. Uh, They can feel your sincerity. They can feel that you care. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and one of my favorite words is is patience, you know. So you have to learn patience to be able to do that. You have to say, Okay, nobody nobody anywhere is more important than the person sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I could know that I'm not selling them a car and the guy behind them waiting is gonna buy three cars. Right. It doesn't matter. You practice yeah. that patience with that person, you give them the time they deserve and you'll feel much better about it they're going to leave saying wow you know we, we did everything we can possibly do to put this together and, and i don't see any reason why they, they shouldn't buy from you yeah you're like the last five people they just seen the last five salespeople. you're you're talking to them you're interrupting them you're grabbing your cell phone you're on your phone you're checking the email while they're sitting in front of you yeah that vibe and that energy that you're you're sending um, is, is just going to be all messed up, and, and you're not going to get that true true customer uh, feeling.
1: Right. So, you know, you're dealing with 1,500 people you sold last year, and you've been in the business, you know, 20-some-odd years, 20-ish years?
0: 17.
1: 19? 17. 17, okay. So you've been in business 17 years selling, you know, 1,500, 1,000, 1,500 cars. You've got a, a huge stockpile of people that you've that you've done business with. And, and we know that, that being present and, and then following up is important in the car business. How do you how do you stay in touch with that many people? How do you follow up and maintain relationships with, with 17 years worth of people?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, obviously I use the tools that the dealership provides, um, you know, emails and, and newsletters and, and the letters that they send out. So I definitely take advantage of that, um, you know, and I have, all my customers call me for everything i'm easily accessible I mean, my i give everybody my cell phone number i'm just putting on my card so i let them know at delivery and, and this is part of the, the the experience that they're getting with dealing with me is i let them know to call me for everything so right. and, and what i mean by that is you know they call me if they get a, a flat tire you know they call me if they need an oil change they call me if they have a billing question and not so much because I want to go change a tire or I'm going to change the oil, uh, but it, it gets them into the mindset of calling me for everything. So that way, when when it time, comes time for a car, naturally, they're only going to call me because they have nobody else that's doing these things for them. Right. If their friends are, are talking about a car, they're going to say, hey, I mean, here's this guy here. His cell phone number is just tell him I sent you and believe me, you're going to be taken care of. And. I kind of pawned on them to stay in contact with me mm-hmm. because I'm providing so much for them. And at the same time, I, you know, like I said, the, the, the birthday cards and the emails and, the, you know, I have a monthly newsletter that I send out every month and that kind of just keeps my face in front of them. Um, and it's not so much about car sales. It's more about, you know, maybe the season or back to school or, you know, right. a joke or a recipe or something kind of get them interested and open it up. It's not always about cars, right? I mean, just, just about people stuff. Um, so those are just a few things that you can do to kind of stay in contact but
1: and and you talked about because because you're you're, you're so integrated in the process for you that they call you if they if they need a new change and they call you if if they got a flat tire and so they know to call you so they're telling people to call you but unlike I mean most I, I I'm going to venture to say most car dealers and most car salespeople, you you don't pay bird dog fees you don't pay for referrals they if they mention you it's because they want people to go to you
0: yeah I don't you know. I don't. It's, it's a very sticky subject, right? Because in our industry, a lot of people start off and they say, well, I got to pay somebody to get a referral. You as a salesperson create that. So I don't like to pay people for referrals because, you know, they're, they're sending the wrong message. So there's there's two types of referrals. There's a referral that you're going to pay for, and then there's a natural referral. So the one you're going to pay for, I'm saying I'm monetary reasons. I'm giving you $200 to go and find me a customer. So now you're out there because you have a benefit of sending me somebody now you're benefiting. So anything that you say or do is not going to be natural. It's not going to come from your heart. It's going to come from somewhere else. It's going to come from a motive that you're going to get paid for it. So they're not salespeople. They're not trained to to say the right thing. They're going to be very pushy on trying to get somebody to come see you. And when that person comes and sees you, they're not the type of referral that you really want. Because, you know, somebody kind of forced them to come see
1: you. Right. A
0: natural, a natural referral on the other side of it is, again, blowing the customer, you know, blowing their expectations out of the water. And, and, and you know, giving them the experience that they deserve, you know, by, by giving them your cell phone, by making yourself accessible, by being excited when they pick up the car, um, they're going to be out there telling a story right? They're going to tell a story your heart. It's going to be passionate. It's going to be excitement. And naturally that person they're telling the story to is going to want to come and see you. And because they, they say, wow, man, I got to go meet this person <laughs> and not what's happening in my career. I have two, three, four people telling the same person their stories and now that person comes in and says, well, I got referred to you by three or four people. And they all say, I have to come see you. This is amazing. Yeah. You know, they told me the story about how you helped them on the side of the road. And, you know, those type of things are natural. So now that person comes in with the same expectation, but no defense mechanism. They trust you. They already know the story. And, you know, that natural referral is more likely to buy something than somebody that got pushed into you because uh, your, their friend kind of forced them to come in for the wrong reason."
1: But but you couldn't you you didn't have that when you started. You said you've been at this seventeen years, and now you've got you've got this reputation. You've got uh, this following people that you did with. How, you know, when you're just starting out, how do you get from from zero to there? How do you get from here to there?
0: You know, it it, it starts off with the mindset that your mindset should be: I'm I got to build a relationship with every single person that comes to see me. Um, the mindset is to give them your full attention. To to think that. You know, I'm not selling to one person. I'm selling to a family of people. And you know, if you think that way, that hey, I'm going to help this person out now and you know forever, then you're going to build that. You're going to build on that relationship. And you should be thinking that early on. I mean, yeah, you're right. This didn't start last week or last yeah. year or year before. I mean, this started literally the first year I started in the business. And matter of fact, I mean, I have one of my one of my biggest clients um i got the first year i started in the business and i got him on a phone up and i got him on the phone up and i was you know obviously just very pleasant on the phone and he told me he called three dealers and and you know he's asking me if we have a certain car and i says yes come on down i have it and we talked on the phone for a minute and he drove probably like 30 35 minutes to come see me and he told me when he got there and we still talk about it that i was the first person that sounded real on the phone and at that time i just started in the business so i didn't really know what that meant Now I know what it meant because I was just speaking me. I wasn't reading the script or, or, or anything. And now, I mean, you know, he's got, you know, four or five brothers. They got a bunch of sisters in their family. They got their parents, all their, all their in-laws and they're actually my biggest client. And I've probably sold a hundred to 200 cars to their family alone
1: that's phenomenal over
0: the years yeah and it's huge it's a huge number and it just you know the year over year it just kept growing and now they're personal f- family friends of mine I mean it's not right uh, there's no business relationship but that was from a phone up mm-hmm. that was one single phone up and you know that's how you build on relationships and, and, and you gotta be able to think the longevity of things you know it's not gonna happen overnight but in time yeah
1: well so what, what did you do before you sold cars Ali
0: well, I worked at right out of high school, I had co-op and, uh, we would, we would go to school for three hours and, and work for three hours. And they got me a job at an industrial company Yeah, I started out like just doing like conveyor belts and kind of stock and stuff in, this, in the warehouse and two owners owned it, two brothers owned it. And, you know, I, I worked there for 10 years and I worked my way all the way up to being just under the owners. Right. And, you know, I kind of hit the ceiling there, you know, um, I was probably making like 50,000, 60,000 a year at the time. And, you know, I was just getting engaged. And I said, man, I just got to find something that, you know, will improve my life a little bit. And I knew I wanted to get into sales because I started doing sales there, but I just didn't really know what. And a friend of mine was telling me about car sales that he was in, and he was moving from one dealership to another, and he absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. And so it was either that or real estate. Yeah, thinking about both of them. So I went in, I said, you know, let me let me go interview. And he sent me to his manager, and I went and interviewed with him. And uh, the guy, you know, the guy said, "Well, you, you know, you'll you'll make what you're making now in six months, you know." And you yeah. know, all of a sudden, he's got my attention, right? Right, right. And i was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And uh, you know, then I got hired on the spot there. And you know, a couple weeks later, I started. So it was just. You know, just trying to better my life at the time. You know, I says I know I know I can do more. I know there's more than this, and uh, you know, I've been very fortunate and blessed that I did.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity here. I, I tell, I've I, I tried to talk to my nephews and, and to go into my cars that, you know, that's a, that's a great opportunity to get out and meet some people and, and start, you and start building a platform that you can work from forever. And, and that's what you do. You I mean, you talk a lot in the book about meeting people out in the community. If you're out in a restaurant, if you're out doing any volunteer service, you, you, you meet those people and start establishing relationships with them way before they start talking about buying cars.
0: Yeah. And it's not about cars, right? I mean, there's, there's, a lot of times, because we meet people every day, you run into people every single day, you go to a grocery store, you go to a restaurant, and you know, if you go to a restaurant and you, and you go sit in the back corner, you have your meal and you leave, um, there's one thing. If you go in the restaurant and you make a presence where, you know, I'm not soliciting business, I'm not in there saying, hey, I'm Ali Reed, I sell cars and throwing out my, my business cards. I'm, I'm trying to meet the owner, I'm, I'm meeting the, the general manager, I'm meeting the staff, uh, I'm, I'm saying hello to the bartenders and, and, and I'm being sincere about it. I'm not soliciting any type of business. Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is making a presence and I'm asking them questions about their favorite subject, them. Yeah. So I'm talking to them and saying, Hey, you know, where are you from? Where's your family from? And just small talk and, you know, time over time, again, they are going to ask you what you do. Cause right. now they're going to be intrigued by, wow, this guy is so nice. He's in here and you got to be sincere. It can't be something that you're just doing it because of business. Um, but that's how you build relationships. Right. And then, and then ap- later on they're going to be intrigued and they're going to say, Hey, what do you do? Well, you know, I have the best job in the world. And I sell cars. Yeah. And you kind of goes from there. And then, you know, everybody needs a car, right? Everybody, everybody you run into.
1: Everybody I know
0: <laughs> has a car or needs a car or family has a car, every single person. So, Why wouldn't you make yourself available to these people? Uh, Why would I just walk into a place and and not get to know somebody? Um, Community is huge. You know, Um, right now with social media, everybody is more concerned about being on social media. And and it really doesn't benefit me to be popular with a guy in California. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's a popularity thing. Fine. I get it. But if you want to generate business, you need to start local. Yeah. You know, you need to start in your own backyard first and then have it grow out as you go. And and that's what I did. You know, I, I visited every single business in my community. You know, I don't think there's, I don't think there's very, I don't think there's maybe a few businesses that I don't know the owner mm-hmm. or the manager of a business in, in my community. I can walk into any single place and, and, you know, I'll know who owns it or who's running it or, or somebody in there. So and that's because of something that I, you know, created, you know, I didn't walk in there and just walk back out. I, I you know, made a presence. That, that's huge.
1: And, and I've heard you talk about, too, that it's, it's not about, you know, social media is, is a lot. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in social media. I think it's very powerful if you're using it correctly and if you're right. using it locally, like you said, and most people most people aren't. but. Right. You, 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 one of the things you talk about is so, social media is is about people is about popularity, people puffing themselves up, and you talk about glorifying your customers and glorifying them and helping promote them and, and kind of raising them up and putting them on a pedestal.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna, social media is very powerful. And you could, if using it correctly, you will you will gain a lot of business. But again, it needs to be local. It needs to be, you know, somebody that knows you, somebody that can drive to you in, in twenty or thirty minutes and see you. Right. Uh, you know, people across the country, it, it just doesn't matter. You know, for me, I don't go on social media because I, I want to be popular. You know. Um, yeah. You know, I'd rather be popular in my backyard.
1: Right. right?
0: And spend more time that way so yeah if you're going to go on social media you you, you got to be very cautious on what you put on there um if you're if you're tagging your customers uh with photos then you should be talking about your customers not about um how you sold three cars that day right or how you you made ten thousand dollars off of somebody uh, or or how drunk you were the night before yeah I mean, those are the type of things people just assume that nobody's looking but they're looking at that stuff you know oh, I see that stuff on there that might not be the type of person that I want to do business with because, you know, nobody wants to know how much money you're making. You know, nobody wants to hear about that stuff. And a lot of people approach it wrong on social media and I'm on there. I'm on I'm on Facebook and I'm on social media and it's more for my local people to kind of see me.
1: Right. Um,
0: I don't really talk about business much on there, but I'll, you know, post pictures of my kids, I'll post fun stuff that, that I do and it's just getting people to know me. That's yeah. it. And when, you, when you're talking
1: about your customers, I know you, you create special programs for your customers, like you'll go into a business. Uh, you told me before about um, uh, you'll go into a business and create a program for their employees and to get them bring bringing stuff back to you. So, so actually creating things for your customers and, and
0: hyping them up. Oh, man, that, that is... The best kept secret that you can ever do, and people just sure. kind of overlook that, right? Yes, yeah, sure. it is so simple. It yeah. is so simple. You know, I I I signed up recently a title company that has four hundred employees. Four hundred. Guess yeah. what? They all drive to work. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's and, and and guess what else? They have a job.
1: Two so, very <laughs> important qualification factors. Yeah,
0: that, that's the only two things we care about, right? Yeah. You know, they have a job and they need to drive to work. So, you know, and it's. Again, not making it about yourself. It, it's, it's presenting a program to an owner or, or general manager of a business saying that, hey, I have a great program for local businesses, and it is, it is designed to give your employees perks that other people may not get. So for all your employees at ABC get uh, free pickup and drop off, free service, uh, extra $500 under trade-in. Um, you know, a special pricing, I mean, whatever your dealership is willing to do and you give it to the owner and you say, you present this to your employees as a perk for working for you. So now it looks like the owner set it up for all his employees. And now the employees are more inclined to do business that way because the owner already set it up. This is a the person they look up to. Yeah. And I am just the manager of that program. You know, I didn't, I have nothing else to do with it other than I'm the person you come in and see when you want to take advantage of that program. And then by default, I'm the person that's reaping the benefits of this whole program is, you know, you know, and, and they post it. They post it on their websites. They pass it out with their checks. Um, the owners are so happy to present that because now it looks like they did something special for their employees, which they are. Yeah. And, and then from there on, every time you get a customer, you're building a relationship with that customer. And, and as you can tell, it snowballs and grows as you go. But, um, and you could do that with real estate offices. You could do that with uh, mortgage offices. You could do it with grocery stores. A local grocery store is fantastic to do it with because, you know, they got their cashiers and their busboys and everybody else that worked there. And, you know, uh, they, they, they usually will listen to their owner if they suggest something.
1: Right. Yeah, and because the owner wants them to have reliable transportation to get back and forth to work, so they're not calling in their cars broke down on the side mm-hmm. of the road.
0: Literally, it is a win-win for everybody, and mm-hmm. you are just kind of sitting back and reaping the benefits of something that, you know, everybody's kind of taking advantage of a program, and you're just a, you know, so-called the uh, manager of that program, right? You're the, go- you're the you're the guy they have to see to take advantage of it. They can't just walk in the dealership and see anybody. They have mm-hmm. to see you.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you a question I don't know the answer to. And this is the, what they tell you in law school is never ask a question you don't, you don't know the answer to. But I'm going to ask you one. Ollie, would you say you were an introvert or an extrovert?
0: Oh, man. I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. In, in what terms? In what terms? Well, I mean,
1: I, because you, you walk into a restaurant and you automatically start talking to people. Or I mean, and I know if you're, if you're going in to talk to business people about a business, that's a plan. But, you know, you're, you're, you're talking to people and making relationships. So I'm just trying to figure out from a salesperson's point of view, if they're not naturally, if that's not their natural tendency to start talking to strangers and establishing relationships, is this something that works for them or do they have to work on that? Or how, how yeah, does someone who, who that's awkward for, how do they get there?
0: Yeah, I mean, it is, it, it is, it is, you know, we're going to face rejections, right? So anytime I go into and, and, and do those things, sometimes I face rejection. Sometimes the people don't want to talk to you. Right. Sometimes it is an awkward moment and, and, you know, but I wake up every day to go face rejection. Right. right? So I go to work every single day and I face rejections because somebody might say no to me and somebody might say you know hey they're mad at me because their car broke down and, and they're screaming at service and you know those are things that we have to overcome as salespeople. and you know i'm okay with that you know the quicker you can overcome those uh, the better you're going to be the yeah. better you'll be able to handle your daily your daily activities but you know as far as people that are, are, are a little scared to do that and, and you know of course you know, you might have to step out the box a little bit, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, just try it, you know, try it, try it here and there and fill out what you're more comfortable doing and who you're more comfortable with, you know, up until six or seven months ago, man, I was never in front of a camera <laughs> and and I hated being in front of a camera because I was just not used to it. And yeah. I would be nervous and, and say, you know, I'm still not great at being in front of a camera because this is new to me. Yeah. But you know, I, I just, you know, said, okay, well, I'm going to try it. And, and as I did it more and more often, I became a little bit more comfortable with it. So, you know, I'm not afraid. I don't, a lot of salespeople, a lot of great salespeople out there are not afraid to talk to anybody one-on-one. Um, it's more in big groups that may scare them a little bit more. But yeah. one, I think for the most part, man, 90, 95% of salespeople are not afraid to to kind of put themselves out there and, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I Face rejection, I learned from it.
1: Yeah. Well, I uh, I promise everyone who's going to sit down and and watch my camera for uh, for, uh, 25, 30 minutes a week that they'll spend a half hour with us. uh, We'll figure out something, one thing. I ask every guest for one item, one action step that uh, a person watching the show, whether it's a car salesperson or whether they own a plumbing supply business or whether they're a chiropractor, whatever they do. But one thing they can put into action in their life today as soon as they put down the phone, as soon as they turn off the, uh, the computer screen, one thing that they can do today to start making their life better, to start building a better business and building a better life.
0: Uh, there's so much, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is, is you got to believe in yourself. You have to believe in who you are at your best you have to believe that what you're providing is, is so much more superior than anybody else. And you know, that belief system comes from here. Okay. It, it comes from your heart. And if you don't believe that yourself, then your clients for anything that you're selling, uh, they're not going to believe you. So, you know, the one thing that you have to do is you have to, you have to be comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. and you know, you have to know that what you're offering is, is, you know the best services that you could possibly offer and work and you're not going to sell everybody you know mm-hmm. being able to overcome that quickly uh, to get on to the next person is 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 huge so you know that whole mindset of you know believing in what's possible mm-hmm. uh, and, and and throughout this whole process that you know um when i beat the record and 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 you know, um, did I think that it was possible? At some point in my career, I started changing and thinking it was possible.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, when I was selling thirty, did I think it was possible? No. When I was yeah. doing thirty a month, you know, but it, gradually, when I when I was selling thirty, I believed I can do forty. And when I was selling forty, I believed I can do sixty. And and as my belief system started growing, and I believed in myself, and I believed in what was possible, man, my my life changed. It completely changed. So. One thing I would say is, is just believe in yourself because, because that's what people want to come see. and That's who you should love.
1: I think, I think you said two things that are very important that people might gloss over. Number one, you, you have to believe in yourself, but believing in yourself is kind of a generic thing, but you have to believe in yourself from getting from 30 to 40 to 40 to 50, from 50 to 60. You have to believe that that next step it's possible. I mean, the, 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 big goal line is a hundred yards down, down, down the field, but, but the, you know, the, the first down is right there and that's, that's the most important thing. So I believe that. And I also love that you said you have to believe in yourself at your best because you have to believe it's possible on your best day because we all have good days and bad days, but right. you have to believe your best day is your real day. Your best day is the real you.
0: Right. That's exactly true. Yeah. And, and you can't see people watch and say, okay, well, well, you know, if I'm doing 140 cars, but I couldn't see that at right. 20, 30. So don't, don't, you know, reach for the moon just yet, you know, take baby steps. All right. And that's what I did, you know, because you, you, you'll get discouraged. You know, if you're doing 20 and you think you're going to hit 50 next month, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Don't get discouraged, you know, put set goals, set, set attainable goals that you can get to and push yourself. I mean, don't say I do 20, I can do 22. Yeah. I mean, that goals that are that are good you know if you're doing 20 um i i promise you i promise you you could do 30 right if you're doing 30 there is no reason why you can't do 40 and and so forth and in in my steps i was doing 30 then i got to 40 and at 40 man i I really in my mind wanted to get to 60 and i thought 60 was like the magic number and i said if i ever get to 60 man, i'm staying there forever and because i didn't believe that 70 or 80 was possible yet right and i got to 60 and i was like wow man you know i got here so easily and i still have i still have more you know and i started believing and i had more and then i got to 70 and then you know my next then i get to 90 and then you know that 100 is like a magical number right I'm yeah really. that's,
1: that, yeah three digits baby
0: it's mind-blowing right and i said man and it took me a few months and then i said, you know i I, got, I can do it i have time and throughout this process too you got to remember every level you hit your process changes mm-hmm. so don't forget things change so you have to change the way you do things you have to change the way you're doing business certain things are not as important anymore than other things so your process will change a little bit and as long as you're evolving with that business then you're going to hit that next level so you know when i got to 100 men, I, I was just you know just blown away and and, and quickly i realized there was more yeah Oh, it, it is so funny, but I just kept believing there was more, and I, and I still do. Well, Ollie,
1: thank thank you so much for making everyone else believe that more is possible. That a hundred cars a month is possible. That one hundred and forty cars, fifteen hundred and eighty-two cars a year is possible. I mean, not to add, you're 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 inspiring a lot of folks in the business to to kind of look beyond the the day to day to see what this looks like five, 10 years down the road that I can, I can build something meaningful. So, uh, so I appreciate you for that. And I appreciate you taking time to talk to me.
0: Thank you, man. It's a pleasure being on here and and, and nothing better than sharing and and loving. And I'm learning through this whole process as well. So I really appreciate you.
1: Ollie Rita, Les Stanford Chevrolet in the heart of Dearborn, Michigan. If you need a Chevrolet or a Cadillac and you're within driving distance of Les Stanford Chevrolet, call Ollie, call me. I'll give you a cell phone number. He'll give you a cell phone number. He ain't bashful. Not at all. Thanks, Ali. Appreciate you, brother.
0: Thank you, bud. Appreciate it.
1: Getcha some radio. You've been listening to the Get Getcha Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at TerryLancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get getcha some.